Hello and welcome to this episode of the NCRI Women's Committee Podcasts. Today, we are discussing a serious issue that has been causing concern and outrage in Iran and beyond, the poisoning of schoolgirls in Iran. Reports have emerged of multiple incidents of female students being targeted with toxic chemicals in their schools, causing serious harm to their health. So let's start with what we know about the situation. Can you give us an overview of the situation in Iran and what we know about these chemical attacks on schools? Yes, of course. It's a very concerning situation. These incidents have been happening since the 30th of November last year. The chemical attacks paused for a few weeks during the Persian New Year holidays, but resumed on the first day of school after Nowruz. The attacks have been highly targeted and directed mainly at female students. More than 500 schools in over 110 cities throughout Iran have reported incidents of students being poisoned. These incidents involve the use of toxic chemicals which have caused symptoms including headaches, vomiting and breathing difficulties. Some students have been even hospitalized due to the severity of their symptoms. Can you explain how this happens and what is the scene when a school is attacked by chemicals? Well, I received a detailed report on the chemical attack on a girls' conservatory in Tehran's 15th district. The conservatory has about 300 students. The students said they were poisoned by a nauseating sweet smell, like a very sweet detergent. Some students vomited and others had difficulty breathing. One student was kept in the hospital due to severe coughing. Some students were scared and wanted to leave the school, but the doors were closed and they were not allowed to leave. The authorities took tests but didn't disclose the results. The school had a camera, but the officials claimed that no video had been recorded. What's been the government's response to these chemical attacks on girls' schools in Iran? Apparently, the government has not taken any meaningful action to address the situation. Yes, that's true. The government's response has been criticized for being inadequate. The authorities have not launched a proper investigation to determine who is responsible, and there's still no clear information about what caused the victims to be hospitalized. Various officials make conflicting statements on the cause of the poisonings, Some media outlets have accused the students of lying and misbehaving and have even accused the teachers of being criminals for closing classes and accompanying the students who were affected. The Minister of Health has claimed that more than 90% of the reported cases are not due to poisoning and are caused by anxiety and stress. Although the Minister of Interior received an official mandate to follow up on the poisoning case and inform about it, there has been no clear action from the ministry. Instead, they've referred to the incidents as discomfort, childish mischief by students, and anxiety and stress. But the government claimed that they had arrested individuals in connection with the chemical attacks. 
Yes. Before the Nowruz holidays, the authorities claimed to have arrested some 100 individuals involved. But we saw that the chemical attacks resumed after Nowruz. Moreover, it was revealed that those arrested were from among the students or the protesters participating in the uprising last autumn and winter. These individuals have been subjected to torture and other forms of mistreatment to extract forced confessions from them. Security services have been pressuring students to falsely confess to poisoning their classmates, and they have brought several of them on TV. Do we have any specific info on who these individuals are? So far, we have the names of three young women, Setayesh Darugay, only 16 years old, Erfane Honar, 19 years old, and Setayesh Amiri, 17, who were arrested and pressured to confess that they were involved in the poisoning of schools in Laristan, in the southern province of Fars. One of them was brought to TV and made a confession that she had thrown sprays into seven schools, but it was so obvious that she had been forced to lie. Another young man arrested is Milad Manzarian, an athlete and a construction engineer. He has been arrested and brutally tortured to make false confessions. He was among the protesters arrested and detained for some time during the uprising. Actually, this is one of the regime's new practices. In the case of the death of a nine-year-old boy during the protests, the regime has accused one of the arrested protesters of killing him and handed down a death sentence for him, while the victim's parents say they saw with their own eyes that the security forces were the ones who shot at them and killed their son. So who is behind these attacks and what is their motive? Well, uh, given the highly targeted nature of the attacks, which specifically target female students, and that they have taken place in the context of broader restrictions on women's rights in Iran, there is reason to believe that the regime is behind these incidents. Actually, there is ample evidence on the involvement of the IRGC and other official agencies acting on Khamenei's order. We discussed these evidence in the previous podcast, also in the NCRI Women's Committee's monthly report of February 2023. They range from the government's inaction to the conflicting remarks by various officials, the IRGC taking the test's results and not reporting to the public, the arrest of parents and reporters instead of the perpetrators, restrictions imposed on doctors and nurses, banning them from talking to anyone about this, and etc. But this crime, on such a broad and nationwide scale, could not be carried out other than by the involvement or support from the IRGC and top officials. We've seen similar tactics used in the past, such as the use of acid attacks against women who defy the regime's dress code or otherwise challenge its authority. There have been much criticism about the government's failure to use the closed-circuit cameras to identify the perpetrators while they are used to monitor women who remove their hijab. And they even use facial recognition technology to identify the defiant woman. True. One of the local websites in Iran complained about the situation and wrote, Five months have passed since the publication of the first news of students being poisoned schools. 
There is still no news of identifying the perpetrators. In such circumstances, the authorities call the poisoning of students as discomfort and childish mischief. One of the MPs recently remarked, "In my opinion, the poisoning of students is beyond the mischief of a few students." Another MP said, "The security services are able to follow up and make arrests in the shortest possible time when a problem arises." How can they not see this affair? And a semi-official daily suggested that powerful hands might be behind the conspiracy. Some officials have blamed mischievous students for the incidents, but the public is asking why these issues are not happening in boys' schools, where there is more playfulness and mischief. So you can see that the regime's justifications have not convinced anyone, and not even people in their own circles. It is very important to raise awareness of this issue, and I believe that is one of the reasons we are discussing this today. What can people do to help support the students and schools affected by these attacks? There are many ways that people can support the affected students and schools. One way is to spread awareness about the issue through social media and other platforms to bring attention to the situation. And urge the United Nations to send a fact-finding mission to Iran to conduct an independent investigation, since the Iranian government does not do that. Countries and international organizations around the world can also speak out against these attacks, and people can also write to their elected representatives and urge them to speak out about the issue and put pressure on the Iranian regime to take action. And hold those responsible for these attacks accountable. Ultimately, though, the best way to prevent these incidents from happening is to push for broader change in Iran, such as greater protections for women's rights, which can only be realized by ending the clerical regime's repressive rule. It's clear that the poisoning of schoolgirls in Iran is a serious concern that requires immediate attention and action. We hope that through this podcast, we have been able to raise awareness about the situation and encourage our listeners to take action to support the affected students and schools. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the SCRI Women's Committee podcast. Please join us next time as we continue to discuss issues related to women's rights in Iran. To learn of daily news and analysis on women's rights in Iran, you can visit our website women.ncr-iran.org. Thank you for tuning in and wish you happy days.